Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello Achievers and welcome to episode number 56 of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox and here with me every single week is... Sasha Black. Sasha motherfucking Black. How are you? I am... Oh, that's not a good pause. Okay. I am swinging between... Fine existential crisis and hysteria it's the best places to swing to i know right yeah that's where i'm at cool that's a synopsis (laughs) i finished i finished editing my uh side characters this week i literally smashed out like 40k in edits which is huge for me i'm sure that's nothing for some people but that's really big for me um and before I give it to you, I still have to do a bit of uh, work on a couple of sections, uh, which isn't going to take me too long. I'm just so drained. I need a couple of days before I can do that work. Um, otherwise, I'm going to give it to you and it's not going to be as best, uh, as good as I can make it. Look, see, I can't even use sentences. Um <laughs> So there's that. And then I alluded to this a week or two ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was. And my two year anniversary of having left my day job is in a week. Oh, it's a week today. Oh, yeah. I am having an existential crisis. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel funny about this whole thing. I feel funny about the fact that I've made it two years, the fact that I did make it two years, the fact that I'm still so traumatized from the old job and it doesn't feel like very long ago and feels like forever ago and I don't know if like and I'm not as far as I thought I'd be and yet I'm further than I thought I'd be and like I don't know if I'm doing the right things I don't know if like who am I what am I doing should I even be doing the stuff that I'm doing should I go in a different direction like I'm just questioning everything right now I feel like what you've just done is summed up every day of what this feels like (laughs) yeah I feel like yeah as you were (laughs) yeah well no like this that's it like and then the hysteria is just the tiredness and like the grueling of um of this life but also hysterical excitement because I am finally finishing things like I finished the workbook last week I think I mentioned that and then this week I've done the edits and then by the time we come to record next week I'll have edited the workbook so yeah like I don't know I'm just getting all kinds of finishing energy and I'm really in love with finishing energy right now like it's making me so happy that's awesome congratulations on finishing that book thanks yeah I'm okay I um I don't know <laughs> like I had last week off which was glorious and then this week I think it's just been weird uh, this is why and I know it's not an excuse not to take time off but this is one of the things that I do find hard about taking time off is getting that momentum going again and getting your head back into the space of the things that you should be working on and mm. just kind of going uh, and building it all back up again. I have but, to say, honey, you look like you've had a week off too. Thank you. <laughs> you've lost like about seven years in age. 
no i do i do definitely feel better mentally for it and this week i've been able to kind of crack on and do a lot more than sort of previous weeks um it's funny that how you can do that after rest yeah it's 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 really weird but i'm kind of in a similar camp to you that i'm working towards finishing some stuff um i've got a few i'm basically in a bit of a mix of slightly adjusting my path and i said this to you off 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 air and i'm not going to go into massively geekly here because there's lots of stuff in the background but um i'm at a point in which there's been lots of stuff floating around that i've been trying to find out how to unify and strategize in a way that it will like help people and also sort of support the income and support my goals that i'm after and i think i finally this week figured out what that is um so over the next few months i'll be introducing some bits and pieces to my business to just level up um and find a way to sort of help authors on a bit of a bigger scale with with that with any luck if everything goes right um and one person i do want to shout out uh, at this point is i did have a chat with the incredible rachel heron this week and i had like half hour chat with her and it was just the most uplifting the most inspirational motivational just chat she was very very generous with a lot of like knowledge and information so I don't know if she's listened to this. Probably not. Who knows? But Rachel, thank you. And if people don't know Rachel or her podcast, go check it out at How Do You Write. I adore Rachel. She's like one of my favourite humans to listen to because mm. you you cannot fail to come away smiling. Like even if in you're in like the grumpiest mood ever, mm. she will make you smile. I just, she is a ray of delight. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it, yeah, it was just really, really helpful to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. So I don't know, to summarise, my, my week has been a bit um, all over the place, really. <laughs> like I've been getting stuff done. It's just really, really inconsistent. But like I say, hopefully just getting back into the swing of things will build that up. And I've got a few projects that I need to get working on in the next few weeks, which is quite exciting. Um, mm. But what's something that you've enjoyed this week? Oh, shit. Um, I will say... I will say that I have enjoyed, I enjoyed, oh no, I must have put it away already. Uh, <laughs> this is the Time War by, oh, something, Al, Al Matar and Max Gladstone. I can't remember her, her, her full name. Anyway, and I'm not sure if I enjoyed the article about their book more than about how the book was written or if I enjoyed the book, the most but I just loved everything to do with it because it's a novella yeah, they say it's a novella but it was still like over 200 pages I didn't realize novellas could be so long but anyway I mean it's maybe 40,000 words yeah it feels like it was longer than that hang on I'm gonna have to get it because I need to check <laughs> uh, this is the time one here we go right so so I mean it's not like a huge huge book but it was uh 200 oh no it was yeah, 198 pages. So it was 200 pages. Anyway. Uh, oh, there we go. Amal El Matar. That was her name. And, and, and for listeners, the book was called This Is How You Lose the Time War. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this was a award-winning book because I've mentioned before that I am looking to read a, a few more like award-winning uh, stories. And this one, it was either the Nebula or the Hugo. I can't remember which one. I feel like it was one of those two. It could have been something else. Anyway, and it won Best Novella. And um, this story is basically about two beings. I don't know if they're like cyborg, half human, or just like AI or sentient. I don't know. 
they're about beings. You don't get a huge description. Um, and the two characters are on either side of this war and it's a war fought through time. So you're flipping hmm. through different like eras in time. And what happens is these characters leave each other letters in the most imaginative ways you can possibly think of. And so half of the book is letters, literally letters, and half of the book is story. And they wrote it together, sat in the same room, hmm. handing each other the laptop. So one, like, so one character's called Red and one character's called Blue. And whoever was writing the letters from Red, the opposite person would write the intro to that section. And it was just fascinating to read how they collaborated on it. And and then to, having read the book as well, and it was fantastic. I loved the prose. It wasn't, you know, super, super rich or anything, but I just loved their style and description. And I loved the concept and I just thought it was fantastic. And I can completely see why it was an award winner. Mm. The cover doesn't really speak that story. No, no, it doesn't. I don't really know why they're birds other than the <laughs> fact that um one is red and one is blue um do not let the cover dissuade Don't you from by the cover folks yeah seriously because it is fantastic the only thing that i would say the only sort of markdown that i gave it is it was a little bit confusing at the beginning um but it's such an easy read that you just just stick with it because you know i've read it in a couple mm. of hours so you know there you go I've got um, two things this week. So number one, uh, a book that I finished, which was Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And the reason I quite enjoyed that book, it was similar. It was quite slow getting into, but I don't know if that's just because I was like really busy when I was like trying to get into the story. Um, but it's a it's a horror and it's all about a haunted house. It's a haunted house story. And the thing is, haunted house stories have been like done to death, whether in like short stories, novellas or, or, or full novels. And it was just a very, very interesting take on what the haunted house genre is so it was like as you go through this story the story's about um a woman who when she was five years old her parents were paid to live in this massive manor and they bought this manor and a series of weird events occurred that she doesn't remember 25 years on but her dad passes away and she inherits the manor but when they lived there when they so they're only at the house originally for two weeks before all these weird events occurred and her parents just left the house and they all just ran out but her dad in that time wrote a book about the experience. And in that story, it's all like the different experiences of like things ringing, the house sort of speaking and all the, the sort of horrific events that happen. But it's basically like one chapter will be her perspective in the modern day as she goes back to this manor and tries to retrace the steps to find out what happened. And then the next chapter will be a chapter taken from the fictional published book that kind of almost like run parallel through the story. And you see like minor differences and things that line up. And it's almost like this piece. And it just got to a point where I was like, I was dying to know what the truth was. So I got about 30% through and then I just like raced through the rest of it. Cause I was like, I just, I just do want to know because it was, it was played really, really well. Um, and the other thing that I enjoyed was I went to a personal training session this week on Wednesday. Um, Cause my sister and my mom go to this um, personal training thing. And I was like, I'll go along and just, and just give it a go. And it's the first time in a long time that I've done intense exercise. Like I run <laughs> fairly regularly, but in terms of like strength and, you know combining everything else and, and doing this sort of training regime and i'll be honest i went lightheaded and nearly threw up and then like stopped 20 minutes before the end but i feel so much better for it 
And part of me expected that to happen because it's been so long since I've done anything like that. And when I do it, I, I give it a hundred percent. So that's really like helped my mental state over the last couple of days, I think. I want to talk about both of these things. I read a book a bit like that, The 10,000 Doors of January. Is that the thing that I said I enjoyed last week? By any chance? I think so. No, okay. Um, one of the characters, oh, I don't want to give a spoiler, but there was a book within a book mm. and it was that kind of thing. And I, I loved it for that reason. On the exercise, this is one of my biggest problems with fucking Taekwondo over Zoom. Like you just don't get the same workout. Like when I used to train in person and we used to fight and we do we do rounds of sparring and stuff, I would look like a fucking tomato on steroids and I'd be <laughs> gagging and like retching. And I have passed out at Taekwondo because I've pushed myself that hard and I fucking love it mm. i love the burn and you just cannot get that um over a computer or like you know via zoom or whatever so yeah i am so with you i absolutely adore that and i love that you uh push yourself so hard you basically puked <laughs> i just what's the point if you're not gonna give it your old you know what i mean uh totally mm. like i'm listening really. burn baby yeah uh <laughs> weekly confessional dan will do edits on when winter comes done finish ready submissions for his anthology done and do his ghostwriting project done so completed it mate what sasha is... will sasha will make significant progress with side characters well i finished it didn't i is that <laughs> significant though is it <laughs> you know what and i nearly as well i nearly said it last week that i will finish the book but mm. it just felt like such an enormous task to edit like, and you never know days. do you really like you get to one part and you're like oh this is going to unthread everything yeah, but it, do you know, it's less about that for me and more about, I never know what's going to happen with school or like with the kid. And it's always the life stuff that gets in the way yeah. uh, for me, I would say. So it's never really about whether or not I can do it. I know if I had a whole working week, I could easily do it. Uh, you know, I did it in four days. Um, it's it's more the life stuff that's that's the issue always for me. Yeah. Uh, level ups this week will go to John Cronshaw, who says that he leveled up by doing his first live video and posting it on YouTube. It was terrifying, but he's going to do the same next week. And congrats, John. And I like the yeah. fact as well that lots of people now are posting into the Facebook group with their level ups. So do so I love this. Please keep sharing anything like no matter how big, how small, if it feels like a level up to you, it's a level up and we will read it out on air for you. Uh, Patreon, we have no new patrons this week. Um, but for anyone that wants to go over to our Patreon and uh, join us for our monthly lives, that is over at patreon.com forward slash next level authors. And our next live is on Monday, the 10th of May. Um, we've also had a couple of new additions to our level up challenge. So Luke Condor, Yanni, Meg and Rianne have gotten involved and pledged the things they're going to achieve by the end of June. And everyone within that thread who uh, completes their challenge is entered into competition to win one of four prizes one of which is a 30-minute phone call with myself and Sasha. One is a 30-minute consultancy call with Sasha. One is a 30-minute coaching call with myself. And one is a hardback copy of my new self-publishing blueprint, which is now available for pre-order on Amazon. And I'm trying to get up onto all the other stores. I've just got a few more bits to do. So that's exciting. Oh, and anyone who does fail the challenge once you've pledged <laughs> will be doing the cinnamon challenge and sending us your recordings. So... Hopefully we'll have nothing to show, but I am also quite excited <laughs> a few potential cinnamon challenges. I know the minute I finish uh, editing my workbook, I'm getting in that studio because I do not want to fail yeah. this challenge. Have you watched any of the clips of people doing it? 
No, not yet. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. Um, I did put a video of it into the, the chat thread. Uh, comments. Last week's okay. question was, which part of your life would you memoir? Okay, so Kerry says, I'm going to share this episode with my dad. He has wanted to start a memoir, but doesn't know where to start. As for me, it would probably take me a long time because I've repressed a lot of it. But I'd write about my pregnancy and when my daughter was in the NICU for three and a half months. Parenting is already stressful without your baby being in hospital for the first few months of their life. She was born premature. The reason is just to offer hope to other parents going through it and offer tips on how to lessen the stress a little. Like actually taking time for self-care so you don't pass out and end up in the emergency room yourself. Meg Jolly said, good lord, um, none. I feel like it would be extremely arrogant of me to assume anyone should, would give a hoot about any part of my life. The really hard stuff would be relatable, but honestly, this question makes me cringe. I don't feel like I could give value to people like that. Mem uh, memoir reader here, not writer. Maybe one day I'll do something interesting enough. I just wanted to pause on this because mm -hmm. um, I think part of the question was more about like, I don't know if I said it in your episode or if it was in the interview I did with Janelle, but it was about the healing process and she gave me permission not to publish the memoir. So I suppose that was more the question, like if, this isn't about necessarily publishing the memoir, um, but, you know, I think there is healing in writing. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. And also, I've before. I've, 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 as I've gone through, it was a breakup that I went through. And then in the weeks following, I then in the evenings would just sit and write out stuff just like brain flow from that and it's it's never been shown to anyone it's just a thing that's somewhere in my computers no yeah. one can find it <laughs> cj dainton says maybe if i could could pull all the bits of when i was cool it would be a short story but it would pack a wallop i love mm -hmm. that and then edwin <laughs> says i've never seen either the how why or when of writing a memoir. I don't read the genre, so it has little meaning to me. I could give a snippet or two of things that have happened in my life, so here's one. As a teen, I had a weekly gig mowing a lawn while the owners of the house were away, and I spent a lot of time at the local stables where, among other things, I took riding lessons. One hot summer day, I chose to walk the considerable distance between the two locations to arrive at the stables, where I found a couple of the owners washing their horses. When they saw me, one of the ladies decided to hit me with the hose. At, after that first cooling blast, I turned aside to put down anything that could be damaged by the water before walking boldly into the next blast. Ah, I love that. That is, I love a water fight. Funnily enough, I was talking to my son this morning. I was like, this weekend, if it's warm, shall we buy some balloons and fill them with water and have a water fight? And uh, he was like, oh, but what would that, what, what if it hurts? I was like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, it depends how big the balloon is, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's it from the comments. Cool. Thank you everyone for commenting. This week's question, um, I've changed since we started talking. So this is coming off this conversation, but I think it'll be useful. Um, so you've just wrapped up Side Characters, which has been a work in progress for a series of months. It's been heavy mental lifting. It's been a lot of work. There's still some bits to go. My question to you is, what is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself and your process in your most recent work in progress or finished book? And that's going to be a bugger to put for an episode title. <laughs> yeah. What have I learned about myself? Okay. So 
I have learned that I am a cruel piece of work. I am a nasty person when to myself. Um, like, I mean, really, like, I know we talk about me being a villain queen, but I am a horrible person <laughs> to myself. This week has been so hard mentally for me and it's because I hate editing um but I have come up with a process no I have come up with a new framework okay for how I am going to work going forward to prevent this from happening and I don't know if I can put this into my nonfiction, but I'm going to try so I'm going to do skinny draft and fat draft, right? And so my skinny draft, I don't know if we've talked about skinny drafting on here before. I think we, I feel like we have. Might I don't have know. Talked about it, yeah. Okay. So skinny drafting, essentially I will forget whether or not I've got an outline. I will take each section and I will just put down anything and everything that I've got in that section. So I will write bullet points I'll write a line of description or I'll write a tip or a question that I'm going to ask the readers or whatever whatever I've got will go down and um you know something that will end up as a 3,000 word chapter might in a skinny draft be a thousand words and um it's essentially to get down as much information as I have in my brain if I have some description paragraphs then I'll put those in if I don't it's not a problem and then I will have a complete story or I'll have a complete structure for my book if it's nonfiction. Um, and then in the second draft, I will get to play. And this is the thing that I've learned. I really, really like playing with sentences. And this is why I don't want to write fast mm -hmm. because I love, love, love playing with words. And well, I say fast, six books a year is still fast for a lot of people <laughs> but but that is the right balance for me um yeah for me personally um and so uh in my fat draft I will be doing all of the description and I will be putting that characterization in and I will be making sure the dialogue works and I don't have mono mouth um and so some people might think that that is editing because I'm perfecting everything, but it's not in my brain. And I think I've realized how important framing is because I was talking to Caitlin the other day and this is Caitlin Duncan. And if you like YouTube, go and watch her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, she has like writer um, things and she's amazing. Anyway, um, and she was basically saying that she is doing the same thing, but she is calling it skinny drafting and editing, right? And and so for her, like she loves editing. And so that was like, it was really important that she had editing in, in that, um, in her process. Whereas for me, I'm trying to get rid of the editing. Mm -hmm. And it, I just found it fascinating that it is all about framing and context in your own brain. And so for me, like even knowing that this is a thing that I'm gonna do is like helping to speed me up um, and take away that dread of editing because fuck me, I cannot go through what I went through this week. Like I just tore myself to shreds and I am still sat here, even though the book is finished with it on my lap, unable to give it to you 
because um, I just don't feel like it's, I can give it to you yet. Don't want um, it anyway. Keep it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. So like for me, I learned about framing and how framing is everything and how framing can help you do things faster or better or more effectively or more efficiently. But you can't really do that unless you know yourself. And also, I think I found that I write cleaner than I thought I did because I expected a lot. I expected to have to do more editing this week than I did. Um, I still feel like there are sections that like, look at me, I'm just trying to justify the fact that the book's not good enough. Like, um, this is what I mean. Like I literally, I cannot tell you how abusive I was to myself this week. It was actually appalling. Um, and like, I don't know. I just, I can't, uh, there is nothing that's going to come out of my mouth right now. That's going to be positive or nice about myself. And that is awful. And I, and it's just because this is what I get like when I edit. And this is why I don't like editing. Um, another thing as well that says like if if a boss or like a partner spoke to you in the way that you spoke to yourself would you remain with them fucking no are yeah. you joking me i would i'd send i'd get them arrested like it is <laughs> it's like it is actual mental abuse like it is mental abuse and um yeah i don't know like i need to not do this to myself because it makes it really hard to write um so I think that's probably yeah I don't know I think framing is the thing that I've learned other than the fact that I'm an absolute 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 arsehole um yeah I think as well the I absolutely agree with what you're saying it's definitely about framing I used to do what I call like a vomit draft where I'd literally just what's the stream of consciousness whatever for that chapter and it all in the end you kind of have some resonance of structure because I think it's quite a big leap to go from here's an outline or here's like a seed of a story to, all right, let's do a full draft and start like really getting into the weeds and trying to make it perfect. And the first draft, you never really should try and make it perfect because it's just you telling yourself a story, but it reduces or can reduce the amount of work because if you go from planning to doing this skinny drafts, whatever you want to call it, you're giving yourself 30,000 potentially words of stuff and you've got your arcs of the story and you've got something you can at least look at critically and go, okay, this didn't work, this works, I can move this around. So that when you do flesh it out and create the main novel, you've then got points of reference. It just feels like a lot of the story comes together. One of um, my coaching clients actually did a very, very similar thing um, where they had about 30,000 words of this story. And at the minute we're working together to go through that, take all the pieces, make sure that they all kind of fit together based off of that, that seed of what the story is. Um, and we've been working together to now pad that out and really sort of make that strong and add the description and make the characters all link together. So just it, it's that whole sandcastle analogy for me of just you have to put the sand in to then know that you're going to get the sandcastle out of it. And I think sometimes people do just jump straight from, especially first writers, straight from outline to I'm going to write this perfect first draft. I just think skinny drafts are just a, a great way. If you do struggle with that, it's not for everyone um, just to, to get over that. Mm hmm. Yeah, my so mine, my most recent finished project is a self-publishing blueprint, um, and I think I've learned quite a lot from that in terms of writing nonfiction because I've published collaboration for authors, and for me that was a really really easy book to write because I've been so entrenched in collaborations for or since I started writing that I knew all the steps that I wanted to take and I knew what my process was and 
the important parts and that's not to say that things obviously didn't change when I was writing it um but it was it, it came out very easy because I I laid out the steps I knew what they were and I just I just wrote it my productivity book which is still on my cards has been a lot more difficult because well I didn't I didn't know why um in the beginning like I know what I want to do with it I know what I want to, what I want to achieve but I've learned quite a few lessons from that book and number one is that I've got a lot of productivity books on my shelf or stuff around like mindset or time management and they all come from people who either have like really corporate backgrounds or people who are like killing it in the um, entrepreneur space and then like they have all the time in the world they're traditionally published so they're very much in a particular style and I think what I fell victim to was allowing myself to feel like that's the type of book that I had to write rather than the book that is mine that tells my perspective of that story. I think I covered some of this in, in one of our previous episodes. Um, so that was a big takeaway. And then I've been backwards and forwards with trying to, trying to like, I know the content that I want in there. It's just piecing the pieces together. I can't, I, I couldn't quite see it. So when it came to me starting on the self-publishing blueprint, which was nowhere on my cards, like February, now is done. <laughs> like that's another one where I knew piece by piece what I was going to write. And the reason that I feel like I was able to do it so quickly was I created a 16 page PDF resource for my website. It's like a, a lead magnet for nonfiction. And in that, it was basically step-by-step -step editors, formatting, cover design. And it was kind of the overview because I wanted to give the authors that I'm working with something that shows them or first time authors particularly something that shows them the path ahead. Cause it's really overwhelming when you're like, I don't know the things that I don't know. So I created this. And so when it came to writing the book, I was like thinking about the outline and what I was going to do. And I was like, I've already done the outline, but the outline is the free resource. So all I need to do is take each individual step, bulk it out, add much more of the detail that I can't put onto something that's small, that's meant to be just a touch point document. Um, and the weirdest part about that is I'm very visually creative, like I enjoy branding. I enjoy logos. I enjoy design. I won't say that I'm like the best designer, but I'd say that like I have abilities. Um, and I really enjoy playing around and creating that kind of stuff. So when it came to creating that, um, that PDF, I made it look very smart. I made it look like nice in a way that I would like to see it presented and hopefully would help for the readers to be quite visually stimulating and like highlight certain points. And just that process allowed me also to then think about each individual point as I was doing it. So what I think I'm going to be doing when I do get back into working on the productivity one is creating that overview outline of what each section is. So I won't go through each individual point because I'll negate the, <laughs> the point of the book, but like topic number one, what fits within here? How does that tie with topic number two? Like if I have one page and I have to detail like the key points, what are these? And it will just allow me to formulate the hierarchy of how the subject fits together. And it's such a weird thing because I've always, always, always when like, and I don't plan, I, I plan my fiction very, very minimally. Um, but any kind of planning that I do has always just been black and white on a Word document or like just scribbled down. But I really think that seeing it visually is huge for me because it just allows me to organize my thoughts. And there's so much stuff like we were talking this morning about um, sort of the difference between listening to audiobooks and reading books and watching films and things. And I've, I've found that I just very much enjoy reading over all else. And the reason is because I enjoy looking at the structure of language, mm -hmm. like whether it's like paragraphs, whether it's sort of like particular formatting choices or, you know, the way that words fit together and how the impact that has. So I think I'm just coming to realize that I'm a very, very visual person. And I need to work that into my process and just take a bit more time to, particularly with nonfiction, to 
make that visual and work in a way that helps me then write the book. I think it's funny because I do that in a very written way. So as I'm researching, I pull all of my notes into categorized sections and those mm. categories end up becoming chapters. Mm. I think it, yeah, I think it, I love it. I love because I've got it. Like, I've got copious notes all written down of like this is you know the individual section like blah blah blah, blah. but it's just not clicking for me. Mm. So I think that that's going to be my way forward. And then I get a free resource I can give to people as well as like a bit of a extra. Absolutely, I've got to do mine this week. Actually, that reminds me. Boom! There you go. Always something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So the question we're asking you guys is: What is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself or your process from your most recent work in progress? That is a long question. What have you learned? Well, I'll, about yourself. We'll minimize from the it. last book you wrote. Yeah, we'll minimize that. In, in post it's fine <laughs> um how are you leveling up your business this week i'm going to edit the whole workbook and i'm going to send side characters off and mm, no i'm just gonna leave it there i'm going to contact people and finalize all of my marketing strategy for self-pub blueprint which ladies and gentlemen is available on the 11th of june i don't think i said that yet no i don't think you did i didn't know that either mm -hmm. out on the 11th of june so uh, we'll drop a link in the show notes but it's there sweet well thank you everyone for joining us hopefully it's been fun <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next week bye bye Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. That's just spill it. <laughs> Do it, do it, let's just do it, do it.